see the hard cut to annoy ant because <laughs> well, he worked hard to, to to put in a whatchamacallit a fade and so now i just hard cut to annoy him there you go hello Work. everyone just you're getting the start of the show it's me ryan here no no ant no kate no matt as usual i'm hosting so that's a little bit weird everyone get used to it but tonight i am joined by a very special guest he is a writer at fifle he does post shows at fifle he does pre-shows at fifle but most importantly most importantly he hosts what i consider the must-watch show on friday from at 3 p.m he is coexisting with maggie it's rob wilkins how you doing rob i'm good man thank you for having me it is a it is a change to be on with you like as a uh, you being as a host so i appreciate it so um, it's the other way around this is yeah this is is weird yeah it's Um, awesome though i like not having to produce stuff so this is good yeah, well, now you can see me make all the mistakes. It all works out. That's okay. I'm used to I'm used to my mistakes, so we're gonna have fun. <laughs> so tonight we're here to do something that we don't talk a ton about ROH here. We all watch it, but because we're AEW, it's kind of a weird that weird middle ground for us where it's technically AEW, but it's not. But we'll do the special since they don't do a ton of pay per views. We try to do the special ones to be like, hey, what the heck. Like, I'm not going to add a weekly review show. We'll let Kate do that over at Fightful with Reg. That's just too much work for me. Uh, now, uh, what do you think of tonight? Before we get started, what do you think of tonight's show? Oh, I loved it. I thought it was a good show. Um, I What I liked about it, it wasn't as predictable as I thought it would be. Um, so that was good. Um, very enjoyable. The, uh, the matches were great. There was only... Um, a down, like the only down part for me was, um, and pretty much everybody else was probably, um, uh, Dante, uh, Dante's injury. Um, I make it no secret that I'm a huge fan of Top Flight. Uh, they're my, I consider my local guys. So, uh, I've been pretty concerned about that tonight. But, um, other than that, it was a, fun, a good show, fun show. And, um, yeah, I, th- I thought Tony and company put on a good one. So good for, good. Good, good for the people that are out in LA. Got to watch another good show. Well, they got a hell of one. I, I'm with you on the Dante thing. We saw it. We were so anyone wondering, Rob invited me on a watch along over at Fight Fuller Book. So I did that. So you got our live reactions to seeing a very gruesome injury that you really yeah. hope. And I mean, I don't know how it could be better than it looked because it looked bad. And I don't think you can come away with nothing from that so let's just hope for a short timeline i guess for his sake but that that looked when your ankle goes the wrong way it's it's a very bad sign it's yeah i've never heard of anyone being like oh i'm instantly back i'm back better than ever so yeah i uh yeah so tough light is cursed i don't know who they pissed off in, in in the heavens but it seems like they can't get anywhere without an injury yeah unfortunate so we'll so we'll start off with the uh the the pre-show we'll go quickly through that because it was just the what did they call it the zero hour i guess is what they call it yeah um we have first up jeff cobb uh defeating tracy hot sauce tracy williams uh good match i mean i don't think there was anything 
special about it. Not to not knocking it. I think it was a really good match, but it was a typical zero hour match in my opinion. You know, yeah. Uh, Jeff Cobb just looked dominant. Yeah, and and he needed to. I mean, he had a hell of a match against Kenny Omega this past week on Dynamite, so you know he had to go over and, uh, you know, he Williams made him look good. So that's what you that's what you want. Um, I love watching Cobb wrestle. Um, he's he's always just entertaining for me. And the tour of islands is still one of my favorite moves. Oh yeah. He's incredible. I just, I want, I, I want more of them and I don't think I'm going to get it in, in this, these companies. So it's kind of like that, that disappointing s- section where you're like, Oh, I really like this guy, but uh, my screen's all messed up again, but uh, I don't think I'm going to get him twice. I think I'm only going to get him every now and again. So it's kind of disappointing, but at least he got yeah. one here. Then we had, before we ended the other matches, we had the big surprise of the night. In my opinion, the biggest surprise of the night. Which was the return of Nigel McGuinness to Ring of Honor and to the commentary booth. Which instantly, once we get into the actual pay-per-view, I think he did wonders. I think he, he might be one of the best at covering up mistakes to make them seem logical. Yeah. And he was just, he was on fire tonight. I... I, I so happy he's back. I, I wasn't a huge ROH guy back when he was having his run. I just wasn't into wrestling as much at that point. Were you uh, an ROH Nigel McGinnis guy back then? Yes, absolutely. Um, seeing him in Colin Ring of Honor tonight was a uh, a treat. And um, it's basically where he belongs. You know, like I, I really thought, um, to be honest with you, I thought that would be a guy that Triple H would not want to lose. Um, because he brought a lot to NXT commentary, like you said, he he protects he protects the guys, like the guys on the gallus, like in the ring, like when they when something goes wrong, he he makes it make sense, and that's what you want. Um, and the fact that uh, it it was good, he was good, he was uh, it was good to see him more than anything, you know, because he's he's a beloved beloved character that, uh, and I I just absolutely loved him in the ring and. Uh, selfishly, I hope we get to see him in the ring one more time. I really do. You beat me to the question. I think we must. I think there's no way. If, I think if he's healthy, at least healthy and for one match, I don't think there's any way you don't get something out of him. I mean, especially oh. with Danielson in the company right now. Yeah. Like, if I'm again, I'm not, I wasn't watching them, but from the his, histories I've seen, those two were some of the foundation of early ROH. Like, yeah, absolutely. For sure. And I mean, that's the thing. I, I, if it's possible, please, Tony, make it happen. You know, I know that's really all I can say. Please, God. So then we move on from that awesome announcement to Takeshita versus Willie Mack. Takeshita must be, you know, he, he had to get through this match quick because he had to run over to go have his other match in, I'm pretty <laughs> sure, a different state um, <laughs> tonight versus uh, Sammy Guevara. So, Good on Takeshita for making quick time. He defeated Willie Mack. I actually really enjoyed this this match a lot. You're talking two big guys. I don't think Takeshita gets credit for his size all the time, but he's a big boy. And Willie Mack is obviously a big boy who can move. And so they just they had a good mix of power and agility, and I, I really enjoyed this match. I thought this – if you had put this on the main card, I think it would have fit in perfectly. Uh, what were your thoughts? I, I, like you said, it was very, very good. Um, Takeshita, Willie Mack, both, both great wrestlers. Um, Takeshita, you know, 
Yeah, you know, exactly. Like it could have been on both. It could have been on the main card. It would have been fine. Um, I think with, uh, I think with the, the way it went, I think it was perfect uh, for the zero hour. Uh, the thing about zero hour is by all means, it, it's kind of like a glorified AEW um, elevation, like just better yeah. stars. And so it's very, it's one of those things, you know, you're going to get good matches, but you pretty much know who's going to win them. So that's the way I looked at it. I thought it was still a great match and I'm glad they had it. Um, but it's something I wouldn't have probably, it would have been fine either way. I think it was perfect for zero hour though. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, so then we move into Willow Nightingale versus Miranda Alizé. Again, pretty standard. We knew who was going to win. Willow is the star here. She's, I think, a much bigger star than they had anticipated. Um, Miranda Alizé was a big uh, member of the roster in ROH before it shut down. I'm hoping she becomes, you know, uh, a regular part of this because they need to build out the ROH women's a little bit. They have the top end talent. They just need to kind of fill it in a little. So I'm hoping she sticks around, but it was an okay match. Again, like you said, zero hour. We know what we're getting. Good yeah. match, nothing to it. Any anything special you want to say about it? Or no, it's it's a pretty much you like we're gonna hit it. You hit it right on the head for what it was. It was great, um, or it was good rather. Uh, I we knew what we were getting. Uh, getting the crowd happy to see Willow. They they always love seeing Willow. Just like who doesn't like? Like seeing Willow, you know, you just smile when she comes out. So it's it's one of those things where uh, it you get you get the feel like you get the feel good moment of the night, basically for sure with Willow Nightingale when you know she's gonna get a victory. So people get pumped up with Willow, and this was a perfect way to do it. So get get her the victory, and you get to see Miranda Alize, um wrestle, which is a good call, always a good call. So. I think uh, this was another perfect answer for zero hour. So I think uh, Willow is one of those people that if Tony's smart, he's going to make her some form, maybe not the face, but one of the faces for this company. Cause she's the kind of people uh, wrestler you can put out in front of kids and, and other fans. And you just know she's going to get them involved and, and make them happy. And like, that's, you need wrestlers like that in your company. I think she's perfect for it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I yeah, I you couldn't I couldn't say any better. So, so then we move on to to me, which was a really good match and kind of a sleeper on the the zero hour, which was Slim J versus Stu Grayson. Uh, of course, Stu Grayson wins. You know, he had uh, Smart Mark was doing his Smart Mark stuff, but Evil Uno mm-hmm. <laughs> finally the faces realized, hey, we have numbers too. Let's use them. So wow. they they did things right, but. Stu Grayson with the with those just a solid match. Um, he won with the backbreaker. The real story here is what happened after the match, which is the righteous well, Dutch and Vincent of the Rice Dutch and Vincent of the Righteous come out and have a little bit of a stage to ring stare down with, with the Dark Order. And this is very intriguing because I love the Righteous. I thought they were a great part of the ROH when they were. There they were the six man tag belt uh, belt champs when the, the company went out before it was bought by Tony. Uh, great character work. I, I think Vincent's amazing. So like I'm real excited. The mix them in with the Dark Order. Got some got some interesting stories going on there. 
Yeah, I'm very excited for that. So what did you have to think about the match, about the Righteous Afterwards? Oh, great. Fun match. Um, good match. I was really surprised. I I really thought they were going to be an XP bound. Um, uh, that's really what I thought was going on, but it was a surprise. And, um, you know, that's it is an interesting thing, but it's also good to see them have somebody to feud with other than... Uh, because we know they weren't going to be part of the Blackpool uh, Combat Club feud, you know, going on. Like, I got, you, you kind of have to separate them from Adam Page now. It's about time, in a way. Like, you always, deep down, and I know this is bringing a lot of post-show, but I'm tying it back oh, in yeah, with you. AEW. So it's it's one of those things where I think this was the right call. You get them to have a program with somebody else. That way you, you can move on with the Adam Page. I mean, they can always still be friends, obviously, you know, have each other's back, but this is a right call. Yeah. yeah, my whole thing with the Dark Orders, I don't want them to, unless you're really willing to turn them heel and go very dark with them, which I don't think works right now, they should just end with Adam Page on, uh, no, you know, on, on pleasant terms, say like, hey, we know you were, we're still friends, but you got to go with your guys and yeah. just let it be amicable because that's, to me, the best story. And you can always come back to it. No one's going to forget about it. So you can always have that. You always have the either he goes heel and gets aggressive to them or they go heel and get aggressive to them. You always have that in your back pocket. You don't have to use it too early if you're not ready for that story, and I don't think they are. And uh, Gordon in our chat wanted to know, weren't they rumored to be part of Bray Wyatt's group? They were, heavily. Yeah. And I would have been okay with them in NXT. Was not thrilled about the idea of them as part of Bray Wyatt's group because I often don't think they know what they're doing there with Bray <laughs> Wyatt. Uh Selfishly, this is where I'm, I prefer them, but that's purely selfish. Uh, I want them to go where, again, I always think wrestlers need to go where they get paid the most and have our happiest. I think they fit in excellent, excellently in ROH. I think that's where their characters and, and their wrestling style works. And actually, they and Vincent worked great at Impact too, so I can't say it too much. He was just as good over there. So now we go to the big event. And boy, howdy, did they start with a, a hell of a match. They start with Vikingo, because I'm never going to say the whole name, versus Commander. You have Vikingo winning with uh, the 630 Centon to retain his championship, but that doesn't really tell the story of this match, which was basically high-flying move after high-flying move. Early on, they did some grappling, which was interesting because I don't think anyone expected it to start that way. And you had the story of, like, they think the same, so they're trying the same moves, and they're doing the same thing. So I thought that was a very interesting story to tell. You had... um. I won't steal the spots. So you have some stuff to talk about, but they had some real interesting spots out there. The only thing I'm going to say about, I don't know if it's Lucha Libre. I don't know if it's just him. There is a little bit of the standing around phenomenon with Lucha Libre where like the other guy is literally just looking at him. So I had to like, I I think I called it brain fave myself where I had to trick (laughs) my brain to be. My thought is that every time they wait, they're looking to try to catch or reverse their opponent. They fail half the time, but sometimes they succeed. So that's how like it made it work in my head. Cause if you don't, if you're not willing to suspend belief or talk yourself into something like I just did, you will see a lot of times where they're just kind of like, all right, wait, what are you doing your move? So what'd you have to think about the match? Uh, you know, you, I, I, I think you pretty much hit it right on the head. Like that's the thing. Like that's, that's the thing about Lucha, Lucha Libre. That's my biggest problem. There's, I don't like the standing around. It's there's, it gets kind of tiring, you know, like it, it, it just needs to kind of 
stop. But obviously, it was a good match. It was a great match. Um, absolutely bonkers. Um, don't get me wrong. I still love it. It's just, I just wish there was less standing around type thing. You know, I, I know that's kind of like, for what they do, I guess I could cut them some slack, obviously. But it's just. Sometimes it just gets it gets kind of. I, I don't I don't really know the right way to put it. It just gets kind of like okay, well that's a little uh, ridiculous, but you know for, I know what they're trying to do and they make it look cool. So maybe that's just me being a little too hard on them, but you know it's it, for what it is, it's good and they they put on a hell of a match. So I can't really be too like upset at them, you know, I'm not really, I'm not even upset. It's just kind of like one of those things where I just wish I didn't notice it as much is probably the easiest way to put it. No, I completely agree. And it's something, um, we're part of, uh, well, what's the notice of shining wizards network. And it's because our host show is the shining wizards and they've been doing it for, Oh, they're in 11 years now. And Tony of their show, uh, he's been watching wrestling for a long, you know, I want to make fun of him here and say he's very old. Um, but that's his biggest problem, and, and it's one of those things that I think is a lot of people's biggest problem is that there is just standing waiting for a move. And it's not even like the group standing that you sometimes get outside the ring for a large dive. It's every move has that kind of weight. So that's where when I was watching and I saw a couple times where it looked like Commander tried to catch Viking Go or reverse or vice versa. And I'm like, okay, that's how I'm going to be okay with this. I'm going to try to explain it in my head that they're waiting to try to counter a move. And I... Again, it's because otherwise, like you, it, it'll stick in and it'll, it'll annoy me. And I don't want to be annoyed when I see a guy do a spin that seems like he was shot out of a cannon. And I'm like, I just got to sit back and enjoy this. But it's tough. They need to. And of course, that's just also a style difference from what we normally see versus what they, they do in Mexico. It's, everyone's got a little bit different of a style. But it was a good match. And, and Commander is... Uh, we knew Vikingo was a hell of a, a, a hell of a wrestler because he had that hell of a match with a uh, Kenny. But so Commander's showing up, and he's apparently got a match Wednesday, I think, against uh, Sammy Guevara. So that'll be interesting. Guevara's yeah. wrestled a lot in Mexico, so there's he'll know the style well. Yeah, and it it'll be it'll be good. That that match I'm actually looking forward to. So it'll it'll be good, good, good shit, pal. So then, yeah. And then, and then we move to the the embassy, Brian Cage, Khan, and to- Toa Le- Leona ver- against Metalik, Blake Christian, and AR Fox, or as I call them, uh, Foxy Metal Hearts. They uh, this was for the six man t- uh, tag championship. This match was kind of the story I expected it to be. You had the embassy doing power move after power move after power move, as they should when you're that big, right. and you had the smaller team. Doing what Ian Riccoboni described as uh, what was it a uh, hit and move? Like you know they they would make it they would try to hit the geyser and they go like stick and move. And at no yeah. point did they want to engage long term. I think Ar Fox as always comes out looking amazing in this. He also I think was the, is the biggest of the of his team, so he kind of looked the most natural in this match. I mean, no one looked big when you had Brian Cage or you know, yeah Connors. Uh, Toa Leona against you, but he looked the, the most decent. I think everyone coming into this uh, was basing any decision on Brian Cage's contract. Yeah, and uh, that's yeah. Uh, yeah, you put it best there, I think, too. 
So they the embassy did win, which now everyone is guessing that means he signed or at least extended. But I thought it was I thought it was a good match. I I, I like this. I like the embassy a lot. I think they've been doing great work. And when they have guys like this, like Metal League Christian and, and Fox to work against, who understand how to sell the hell out of these big moves, it really looks cool. So I enjoyed the match a lot. How about yourself? Oh, I I really love the match, and I like you said about Brian uh, Brian Cage. I I think you're right on with that take. Uh, I mean, we'll have to see. I guess um, depending on like what matches are on Ring of Honor next week and stuff like that for the tapings and et cetera, et cetera. But uh, great match. I thought it was better. For, I shouldn't say better than I thought, but it was it was pretty much what I thought it'd be, and. Uh, I, I did earlier predict um, AR Fox's team, and because I, like you said, I went in thinking Brian Cage was probably leaving, but the other part is, is I suck when it comes to predictions. Like, I really do, because I, I put on what, like, my booking cap, which my booking cap is different than, obviously, Tony's and Vince's and Triple H's and, um, but for what it was, it was it was good. It was enjoyable. Brian Cage is just a freak of nature, um, and I think the right team won. Like overall, I mean, if, especially if Brian Cage is sticking around. I, you, I mean, they, the the other team they don't even have a team name for. for oh, really? Yeah, for and they were thrown together. Know. They were kind of yeah. like. Here's three guys. Let's toss them together, and, and that's I, one of the reasons why I should have like deep down I should have thought about it. Like I'm like, well, why would they just three guys like without a team name? And I should have known better on that. But the contract wasn't a big if because it's it's not a secret, and he's made no secret about it. And he obviously had w some interest from WWE, and he's kind of like a WWE looking wrestler. Yeah. Um, uh, the interesting thing here is what uh. Shane Taylor tweeted, you know, a couple days ago about it where he was looking at this match closely because this is, you know, this is his uh this his is, division. He owned yep. the six man. Yeah, this is his baby. Yep. So now you have the righteous coming back. I think if they can become six man again, or or maybe they'll just stay tag, but you have the righteous performer six man tags. You have, you know, Shane Taylor looking at it. Now you have the embassy. The six man tag division ROH is looking pretty good again. I'm 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 excited for it. Yeah. It's looking better than AEW's, in my opinion. Yeah, AEW's with the because I think the elites obviously moving on from. There's reasons why the elites moving like Kenny's going singles and, but then you also have like other teams. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's just it just looks better. Like I think, in my opinion, I I agree. I think the weird thing on AEW's is they have the, they, for a while they were doing some great trios matches with some trios and they just, once the titles came in, it's almost like they stopped that. Yeah. That's my biggest complaint that we don't really talk about. I'm like, no, 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 no. You you don't stop it. Once you build the division, you do more of it. Yes. Yeah. Like, so that's, I'm with you. That was, that's a weird thing, but I'm excited for the six man in ROH. I think the embassy, when they put them together, I, I'll be one of the first to admit I wasn't sure what to expect. I liked the Gates of Agony. I knew those two would deliver. I didn't know how Brian Cage would fit in. And that's not even a knock on Brian Cage. He just didn't seem to be like fit in. He, he kind of came as his own guy. He does his own thing. And all of a sudden, he's, but it has worked as well as anyone could have hoped for. I mean, they, they're really delivering at a high level. 
Uh, yeah. Then we move on to our women's championship with a newly designed belt, which I really liked. They've kind of got, except for the TV championship, some synergy between all, all their belts. And you had Athena versus Yuka Sakazaki, and Athena won with the O-Face. But I really think that the story of this match, I mean, I think Yuka started out a little slow for whatever reason to me. I think it took her a little while to get in the flow. But by the end, this was just a brutal match, and I really enjoyed it. Athena just looks like an ass kicker, and she delivers it so well. And in between beating the hell out of someone, she does like these cocky dances and these cocky faces, but it just works. It, it doesn't come off forced, and it doesn't come off comedic it, it plays so naturally into like she just thinks she's better than whoever she's against and she keeps winning so clearly she is but i i loved how brutal this match was you had a you had a moment early on that i actually got a little nervous though when you could die dove out of the ring and it almost looked like she landed with her head on the floor I'm like let's yeah. be careful here i don't need anyone yeah. to get well we'll find don't out there that did yeah yeah that's what'd I you mean, think i didn't mean to cut you yeah. off there but yeah i i completely agree with you um they beat the holy crap out of each other, and I mean that's what I expected. Ever since, I think you, you might have said that on our on the uh, watch along. Like ever since Athena had that match in Toronto, um, it might have been Chris that said it. Like ever since no, that was... match with um, Jody Threat, yeah, Jody Threat. Like it's been a complete turnaround for for Ath- Athena. And um, I mean, uh, yeah. she was she was on dark as a face no story just kind of lost in the weeds they kind of had messed her character up a little bit like they didn't know what to do with her she has a match jody threat that people thought she was just too rough in and yeah. they intelligently and she in that match made a decision to wrestle heel because jody threat was the hometown hero so it was it was they did make that conscious decision and instead of just trying to walk away from it and apologize screw that we're going to lean into this yeah. By pure accident, it's been the best thing that could have ever happened, not just to her, but to like the women's division in AEW and ROH. Like she's been phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I, that you, was... I, the match was good too. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I'm glad, you know, that's now we need to find a challenger for her, which is going to be the, the trick. I don't want her to fall into the Jay Cargill thing. And I, and I love Jay Cargill, but you fall into where like, Who's who, who's it going to be? And she needs to have reasonable opponents. Um, w- Willow to me was the one, but Willow already lost. So like, yeah, kind of a sh- kind of sad they use that up because I think Willow is the one to beat her. I think Willow deserves it, but I also think Willow is really heavily involved in AEW at this point, and I think they are trying to delineate. Not all, clearly based on some other stuff, they're not delineating too heavily, but they do try to delineate a little bit, but. Willow's a star, but I don't know who else it's going to be. I don't know if you have anyone. I know there's some rumors of people from the outside, but do you see anyone inside that could be the the competition for Athena? You know, I I, I don't right now. Nobody comes to mind for me. Um, I'm a huge Sky Blue fan, but I just don't see it being Sky Blue. Um, and I don't think – I just really don't have an idea who who it would be right now. Yeah, Sky Blue's been she has grown by leaps and bounds. Um you know, she start she's one of those people like uh I I'm a religious dark and elevation watcher and she started on there and she was excuse the pun on this one, she was green. <laughs> yeah. Very, oh, very yeah. green. And uh 
she's just developed into one hell of a talent, but you're right. I don't think she's there yet. I think she needs a little bit more behind her. And I, th- I think it was said in, um, I think someone typed it in, in the watch long chat tonight and I forget who it was. It was one of the, the, the people chatting with us. Taya would have been the person, but Taya is now of course going against Jade. So you can't use Taya, but Taya was yeah. the one. Taya was the person to go against, uh, that the end take it, but that's what happens when you have two people where you're like, Hey, I need, I need a reasonable contender here and you don't have one built in. Yeah. So that's, that's the awkward thing there, but I mean, we'll see. I don't want to, I don't want to like talk down about it. Cause the match was amazing. I'm glad she's champion. We can figure out who's next n- now. So, so, so then we move on to this might've been the most high. Well, I guess Kingston's match was, but this was no second highly anticipated match of the night. Samoa Joe versus Mark Briscoe in a hard-hitting match. My God. Of course, that's a Samoa Joe match, so why would you? Why would I say anything different? Uh, I think I, I, if, you, if anybody here watched the watch along, you'll, you heard me say I bought in multiple times to the ending of this match. Multiple times I thought this was it. When he hit the froggy bell, I'm like, okay, that's it. There was a, there was a couple moves here or there. Where I'm like, okay, this is it. And I really thought Mark was going to win the feel-good story. But the family's at ringside. Nope. Joe gets it with, you know, with the clutch. So what, what's your thoughts on the match? Uh, I I love the match. I just wanted Mark Briscoe to win because I, I wanted the feel-good story, I guess, more than anything. Because um, uh, we saw Briscoe's family. We saw Jay Briscoe's family there, too. Um, we saw the kids emotional about him losing. So... Uh, that was pretty tough to see. Uh, whenever there's kids getting emotional about a wrestler wrestler losing, it's always like one of those things where it kind of gets to your your heartstrings. If you're a if you like kids, you know some people are like <laughs> if you ah, have a heart. Yeah, if you have a heart, basically. Um, I, I was rooting for Mark, but I I get why you keep that title on Samoa Joe. By all means, if if you have Samoa Joe in your company, he, he's one of the guys that should probably be a title holder most of the time. I mean, not always, you know, you know what I'm saying, but yeah. Um, in this case, I thought it would have been pretty cool for Mark Briscoe to get the title and he could have lost it back like in a week or, or not a week or two, but a month or two later, I, I think that would have been perfectly fine. But, um, but yeah, the match was good. Uh, they, they beat the holy hell out of each other. And um, I just think this is really the only thing that I would have changed the whole night. This is, um, Barring obviously the injury to uh, Dante, but you know this is the only thing that I would have changed, like result-wise. My question is, okay, so now that Mark, we both we both had predicted Mark winning for the the feel-good moment and kind of like the the completion of a story that actually had nothing to do with his brother passing away, but kind of came to the forefront because of it, which is the fact that he could never win this belt. He tried and he failed. Where do you, where do you think where do you go with Mark now? You can't you can't keep using. I mean, I guess in theory you could use the story of. I promise this for my brother. I promise this for my family, and I failed, and now I have to redeem myself. But that's a tough story to tell. I don't know if that's where they go or and and they're kind of doing that now with Eddie Kingston. So I don't really know if they'd want to do, um, like like redeeming myself um, type thing or like a redemption story. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't really know what way they're going to go. Um, Cause you can't put them in the world title picture now. Um, 
so it wouldn't surprise it. It's one of those things where it honestly wouldn't surprise me if uh, if we know he's not going to tag. Like he's not. He's he'll he'll do three ta- uh, six man tag matches, but he's not going to just do tag matches. And I like that. I like that idea. And that's his idea. Um, that's yeah. a way to pay tribute to his brother. Um, and I I honestly thinking about it, I would probably do the same. You know, like thinking about it, I I, I couldn't imagine being having a different tag team partner like without my brother and uh if i if we were wrestlers um i just uh i don't know where this goes i maybe they hinted at something with jay lethal who knows yeah that's true i forgot they had the jay lethal interaction um i guess there's another story you could tell which is you keep him off tv for a couple maybe he maybe purposely he wanted he wanted to come back have his his moment for all this but then step aside a little bit just to let his brain actually process some things and because there is a story that you could tell where he wasn't ready because he was emotionally just too tied up and the other thing too is maybe maybe ring of honor is somewhere that he doesn't maybe AEW might be a better place like for him because that way uh and, and this is Pure speculation. Maybe just bring him. Maybe AEW would be better, like for for him. Maybe just moving him over to that. Like, um, it. Not not saying that. Like he's never gonna. Obviously, never ever gonna forget his brother by any means. I'm not saying that, but it just give him something different, like to to work with. You know, that's what I'm thinking. Um, yeah, and not have everything be tied to yeah to yeah Jay and. Um, maybe, maybe that's, uh, maybe that's the story there. I don't, I don't know, but, um, I, am sure Tony and company will figure it out for him, uh, figure something out and go that way. Um, because, and I think maybe they hinted at something with, with Jay lethal. I mean, even though he said all that stuff, you know, it's Jay lethal. He could be like, you lost blah, 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 blah. You know, that could start something, but who knows? I mean, the true thing is, you know, I truly believe anything that happened tonight or whatever has happened with Mark the last couple of weeks or going forward. Tony Khan has been admittedly a huge fan of the Briscoes for a long time. Like he, yeah. he's unabashedly. So kind of like he, like every now and again, you can see a wrestler. Like I'm pretty sure in the press conference, cause I saw some comments while you're we talking, like he talked about Shibata, like he was a fanboy, and I know uh, punk, he was a fanboy of punk. And I think the Briscoes, he was. So I say that being like, I don't think anything that happened with Mark or any of the decisions we're not done without Mark being a hundred percent on board with it. Like even the loss, I don't think they would even have had the match if Mark wasn't a hundred percent. Like, yeah, no, I should lose this. Yeah. yeah so exactly. I, 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 that's just my. Um, I was sad in the moment. I, I, I uh, you know, didn't want him to to lose. I wanted him to win. I wanted him to feel good. But I also admit that I'm not backstage, so I don't know what sto- like what he wants, and I also don't know what story is next. They may come out of this with the greatest story of all time, so I'm gonna let it play out a little bit and be like, "Hey, but it did suck to not have that feel good moment." Yeah, for show. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so then we come to a match that was added extremely late. I think it was added Wednesday, which was uh, Tanahashi versus Daniel Garcia, uh, with um, Tanahashi winning after the high fly flow, and. I didn't know what to expect from this match. I'm going to be perfectly honest. Uh, 
it was added so late. There was no story. And not that I care. I'm not one of these guys who like, oh, I need a story. But what I mean by that is I didn't know what the match would what it what 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 the story were they going to tell in the ring once they got there? I didn't care about the before, but you know, Vikingo versus Kenny when people were complaining about no story. I didn't need one because I knew what the story of the match was going to be. It was going to be two guys who are the absolute best in the world trying to show each other up. Pretty common sense. Yes. This ended up being uh, a, a really fun match because I think Garcia wrestles almost like he's constantly trying to prove himself that he's that he is as good as he was hyped up to be and Tanahashi's a legend. So you have, you have this legend going against this guy who's, you know, got to prove himself. And, and I think he did, he, he was going after the knees and he was trying for submissions. And I think he looked really good, but in the end, I don't think you bring Tanahashi in to lose for a, a, a one-off match against Garcia when Garcia can take the loss and no one cares. So I kind of always expected Tanahashi to win. And I thought it was a nice, I hate to call it a filler match, but it was kind of like a filler match that, because you you had the you had the, the emotional match of, of J, uh, Mark Briscoe. And then after you had this match and they had the ladder match, like this was kind of like, the, all right, we'll just give you give you something here. Yeah. What do you think um, about it? I Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Um, it was pretty, because of the way... I'm trying to think of the best way to say this because of I, I knew Tanahashi was going to go over because Daniel Garcia like you he could he could lose he I mean you're still I mean hell like I said earlier on like in the watch along he 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 lost against Adam Cole I mean that's you're not expected to win when you go against Adam Cole hell you're not expected to lose you're not expected to beat Tanahashi either so um I think this was perfect. I, I love watching Tanahashi wrestle. Um, and uh, yeah, this match was just, it, it was a, they, they added it because they were like, Hey, we can get Tanahashi. You get Tanahashi. You're going to add him to any show you can. <laughs> That's the way I looked at it. So, uh, and, and truthfully, this was called super card. This wasn't called yeah. story card. You know, this yeah. whole point, this was having like great matches and you were going to get it, but you're right. That, they, I someone made the most like walked in and be like, hey, hey Tony, do you know we can get Tanahashi for this? He's like, all right, bring him in. I'll get yeah, you someone. I got I got plenty of good wrestlers. Yeah, that's pretty much what I would have done too. You know, so it's uh, yeah, I, I again, I'm I pretty much agree with you right on the right on the money on that. So nothing special coming out of that. I don't predict Garcia to be an ROH regular. I don't think Tanahashi is definitely not going to be an ROH regular. Just a nice, fun match. Again, I still think it was a little bit of filler in the sense of, like, it was the least emotionally invested match on the card. And you need those. Even if it's talent-wise the best, the least emotionally invested is best. So then we go into the Reach for the Sky ladder match between the Lucha Brothers, LFI, The Kingdom, Top Flight, and Aussie Open. Mm. Holy crap. This match is wild. Now, the whole match gets overshadowed by what we talked about in the beginning, which was Dante's gruesome injury. I mean, I do not encourage anyone to go look for it. It's ugly. Don't. Just let it be. Um, I hope he's okay, but clearly must have really messed up his ankle. Uh, taken out on a stretcher. His brother looked concerned. Though reports from people there said Dante was the calm one. Uh, though I will say adrenaline does some weird things to your body when you're hurt. 
Yeah. So being calm at that moment does not really mean much for later. Yeah, correct. And that adrenaline wears off. I, I remember when I uh, busted my knee and my kneecap was making a right turn the first time and it was <sighs> sticking out. I mean, you could see yeah. it. And I was calm. Couldn't t- All I knew is I couldn't walk, but I was <sighs> fine. Yeah. Get to the hospital because it's out and I got to pop it in. And they didn't give me any pain meds yet because I was so calm. What no one took into account was an hour later, that adrenaline's gone. Yep. And I was in a lot of pain. Yeah, it's like yeah, guys, and that might have been what's happening with Dante here, which is, and that's not to talk about his toughness or anything. It's just, yeah, the adrenaline excuse his calmness for how bad the injury could be. Yeah, they they tonight when I was working on basically what I was doing because I have connections to those guys. I was kind of it wasn't that I was doing anything reporting. It's because I was worried about those guys and or worried about. Dante and I sent like some messages to some people and I'm like, yo, I'm like where they are is actually pretty good because uh, Cedar Sinai Hospital is about I I looked at the address and I I popped it up because I actually have a relative who works at that hospital and they brought it up before that they have one of the best orthopedic um surgery centers in the in the country they're ranked number three in the united states they've been even higher than that so i just kind of like i text i messaged somebody that knew somebody and i'm like hey try to see if they can do it there you know and the other thing too is aw has the money where they can bring a surgeon from that place to a different hospital i would just it's one of those things where um i just want him to be as healthy as he can be and it sucks that that overshadowed it for me because it was a hell of a match. Um, I'm glad the Lucha Brothers won. I I had the Kingdom winning. That's who I thought was going to win. But uh, it was a great match. Um, and it's unfortunate what happened to uh, my guy uh, Darius. So, but I, I I loved it. I I loved the match. Um, it's it's one of those things um, where it's a shame with what happened. But yeah, it, it's. He's a young kid, so like you know, he's gonna bounce back. I mean, he's what is he's in his early twenties still, right? Yeah, he's uh, twenty. He's under twenty three, I believe. Might yeah, so his body's still in that nice stage where you recover. Um, sometimes you get a little bit older, where suddenly just stubbing your toe could be six weeks of intense pain. Yeah, uh, no, he's, not, he's not me. So yeah, yeah, exactly. But it is it is a real shame, and I'm, you know, but I didn't even know how close they were to that hospital. I know of that hospital, obviously I didn't know. So, and yeah, Tony, I'm not here to praise. I don't think I do know one thing for sure. And this, I think is even true about every WWE too. When a guy gets hurt in the course of a match, the care they receive is always top because there's the non-cynical thing where you could say, well, they like to take care of the wrestlers. And I do believe that I do. I don't think, I think, you know, Triple H was a wrestler and he's going to go take care of his boys. And Tony loves his guys. But there's also the cynical approach of like, guy got hurt in your ring. You're going to want him to be a, you're going to want him to, to return about as quickly as possible. Like, you don't want to be dealing with this. So, yeah, correct. that's my thing. But aside from that, this match was just insane. You had uh, a couple different ladder spots where guys jumped onto someone else on the ladder. Uh, I had notes somewhere because I was I was getting um, there was a ladder uh, there was a doomsday device but if 
if I, I don't know, I think it gets overshadowed by the, again by the injury at the end. But there was a moment in this match where Dooms, uh, the Kingdom did the Doomsday device on. Uh, I think it was Darius at that point, and it was, yeah, outside. You know, uh, Mike Bennett's outside the ring with Darius on his shoulders, and, and Taven jumps over the ropes and lands it. And Darius, being the athlete he is, manages to do the full rotation to land. It looked incredible. I mean, it looked yeah. so violent. And I, and I, that's a highlight I encourage someone to go back and watch. Like that was what was happening in this match. And then a few minutes later. Dante gets smushed in between two ladders by Aussie Open. I'm like, oh, things can't get worse for these two. Oops, I jinxed it. Um, <laughs> there was just this is one. So actually, there was two moments we talked about it in the in the beginning of this episode where we said that Nigel McGinnis is very good at covering up botches or weird moments. And he, the first one he actually did in the the Vikingo Commander match where a commander did a 450 off the stage and landed on his feet and then landed. And yeah. Nigel McGinnis, without missing a beat, goes, oh, thank God he landed on his feet. See, if he landed flat, he would have hit his knees and he would have really messed up his knees. Everyone knows he didn't actually want to land on his feet. But just so smooth to go like, this is why this works. And it seemed, and it made sense. Well, he did it in this match too. Uh, I think it was, it was Jalisco could have climbed up the ladder. There was no one anywhere close to the ring. Yeah, yeah, I, that that gets a yeah. I I I noticed that too. It was good. So he's standing around, and I guess Nigel must have realized, like, oh, this looks really dumb. And he goes, he says something that if they say it more in ladder matches, would actually make a lot more sense. Where he goes, he's not climbing the ladder because he knows as soon as he starts, someone's knocking him off. Yeah, and I'm like, thank you. Yes. You just explained why he looks dumb because now he doesn't look dumb because that is what happens. As soon as someone starts to climb, someone chops out their legs and they get hurt way worse. It's such a small thing. And I think was it you were um, Doc in the watch long was talking about it was Doc, how Randy Orton in one match ladder match by the bank was uh, RKOing everyone. Yeah. And it just kind of looked like a comedy routine where it said someone had a Nigel McGinnis there to be like, he just wants to keep them all down so he can climb the ladder. It's those little things, and McGinnis did it wonderfully. Because, yeah, I mean, that's the downside to every ladder match is that the guy either waits to climb or, uh, uh, uh. Each rung takes, like, 10 minutes, and he gets up and he can't figure out how to unlatch a belt that they sometimes can't even latch. So, like, but that being said, awesome match. I loved it. I thought Aussie Open would win, but, again, their contract situation, we don't know it, so I, I, it's not shocking. The one team I did not think would win, was the Lucha Brothers because I figure they're such an AEW team, they're in here just to look good and and be the big. But boy, how do was I wrong? Because apparently they're going to win. Yeah. Now, now the, the the flip side of that is they are as prestigious of a team as you can get. So to have them follow up the the um, Briscoe's run is like a nice like it didn't go to a subpar team. Not that any team here was subpar. That would be a yeah, of course. But it went to like someone of like that upper 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 tier. But I don't know. Do you have any other comments, any moments that you're like, holy shit? No, I mean, you pretty much, I mean, that's the one thing I, I like talking to talking wrestling about with you is pretty much hit everything on that right, right on the, on the button, you know, right on the nose It everything you said, I like, I did not picture Lucha Brothers winning this match because I thought they were AEW, like they were primarily going to be on AEW. Um, 
that's that's why that's exactly why I didn't pick them. I mean, otherwise, if if otherwise, I would have picked them probably first overall overall. But that's why I didn't pick them to win. Um, the kingdom is again who I picked to win because I thought they would be. I thought they would have been perfect for those titles right away. But overall, it was it was a great match. Everything I I loved the match. Um, it, and I love the the name of the match, Reach for the Sky Ladder Match. Absolutely freaking love that um, name. And I again, like it was it was a good match. And just the thing that sucks for me is what overshadowed it. And uh, and it did. I mean that that ended, and we're doing a watch along of you, myself, and and Chris. And we can't we can't react to who just won. Yeah. Because we're talking about this kid who just, just screwed up his ankle, and that really sucks for multi. I mean, that sucks for him. That's what I mean. There's no one that that sucks for. That's him, but that sucks shows how bad it was. That's like, oh my god. But yeah, I will also say, well, not say I have a question now because it, it's the same question I asked about Athena, and it's the same question I asked about uh, the embassy. And I'm going to ask you here: who who's next? Who who is the team that takes on the Lucha Bros? Doesn't necessarily have to beat them, but who's like the next big opponent for them? Man, I really don't have an idea now. Um, I can, because I I think, I mean, maybe they maybe they do something with the kingdom, you know? Maybe because now the kingdom can't really mess with uh, top flight. You know, they were having their little mini feud, so maybe you just move the kingdom over with. Uh, the Lucha Brothers, I, I could see that uh, happening. But other than that, I really don't know who you go with, like in this, uh, for them. I really, I really don't have an idea, like who you, who you put against, put against them. Maybe you go, um, maybe there, maybe there's another team in a in on AEW side that I'm not thinking about. Uh, but right now, just nobody on. Nobody's coming to mind for me right now um, on on the Ring of Honor side. No, nothing's coming to me right now. I mean, I, I, I like your idea of the like if, if since Top Flight's going to be out, um, though I could see AR Fox just flo- kind of floating into the role with uh, Darius. But truthfully, they're not the same. I mean, Dante was that team in a lot of ways. Uh, I like the idea of the Kingdom. I think the Kingdom, and plus the Kingdom are heels. Lucha Brothers are faces, so you have a natural thing there. Um, I really love the kingdom. I think Mike Bennett and Maria Canales are just amazing. Uh, I think Matt Taven's a very good wrestler. I have nothing against him. I just really love Mike, Mike Bennett and Maria Canales. And I want them to be a focal point of ROH in a lot of ways. Not the, it doesn't have to be the, but one of like that you're constantly seeing because I think they, you're always going to get a good match. You're going to get people who can tell a good story. You have, talkers you have everything you need from them so i'm I'm hoping i'm with you i kind of like that idea of them being the next ones up to uh to the to the challenge but we'll see i, I just had to ask because i don't have any ideas either kingdom probably would have been it for me yeah. I, I mean you could yeah i like i was looking at, i was i'm trying to look at like who i'm looking at the the roster and I'm just like nobody's coming really to mind that could be good 
like nobody comes to mind right now. I mean, maybe if they do put AR Fox with with um, with uh, Dante, but hmm, just I just don't know on this one. <laughs> yeah, this is, but this is one where I mean, I I, I know we're, I'm not the only one to say this. I know uh, I listened to the Kate and Reg pod pod on a pod pod over on a fight floor. They do the ROH post show that floats into the Impact post show. Which is great for me because I listen to both, um, but they uh, they bring up like there has to start to be that true delineation of who is ROH and who is AEW, and part of that is let me see who's the established tag because there's some tag teams in AEW that aren't getting used that I would yeah. love to come down here like we we talk about the the workhorsemen Iron Savages, uh, Top Flight was one of them really, but like you bring these teams down there and let them start to become, you know, the, the face of these. You have well they lost tonight. I was going to say you have the the varsity athletes, but not they didn't lose tonight, but they lost uh, recently. Um, no. They lost last night. I'm sorry. I'm confusing with two ROH days. But you have some teams that I don't think they're getting the full use of in AEW. So bring them down and let them have, let them shine here. Yeah. I'm, and like I'm looking at the roster um, of Ring of Honor right now. And I could see, like, you know what just came to me right now? You put Dante, you put uh, Darius with Matt Seidel. That's what you do. Bring that back, yeah. That's what you do. Well, I mean, it was it was it was uh, Dante who was with Matt Seidel, but I I say you put Darius with him. That's what I would do. That's true. I mean, yeah, it was it was, but still, I meant just bring back like the relationship of like yeah. Um, trying. I'm looking now at there's you know there there are teams like. But they're not, they haven't built them up yet enough. Like they've been losing, and I'd like to see that change. Like, yeah, I have um, Titus and Hot Sauce. They were, they've been brought back and they were good. Um, you just, yeah, I, I like that though. Let AR, let um, the Matt Seidel and uh, Darius have have their shot. And like Gordon said, or AR Fox. AR Fox right now is a rent, is a gun for hire. He seems to be who needs a trios per- person. <laughs> he kind of goes, fills in the trios role. Yeah. But, there, there's a lot. And I don't, the one thing I don't like, I think it helps both sides out. If you limit some of the teams in AEW, bring them down, let them develop. Meanwhile, it allows other teams to just kind of flourish in, in, in AEW. I mean, we'll see. It's, it's a tough call. I just had to see if you had any opinions that I, and I didn't, and I like that. I didn't think about Matt, Matt Seidel, but he is clearly an ROH guy, has been an ROH guy before. He has had a match in ROH already, I think. He teamed with, uh, Christopher Daniels. So, I mean, like of this iteration. So that's good. So then we move on to, again, it wasn't what I would consider the most anticipated match of the night, but it was the one that people were like, their jaws dropped when it was announced type deal, uh, which is Katsuri Shibata versus Wheeler Yuta. And I'm <laughs> sorry if my internet's going for whatever reason. Um, you had a pure rules match, which See if closing sometimes if I close certain windows, it fixes my internet. It's really weird that it does that. Um, hopefully, this is better. Nope. Yeah, well, if you can hear me, that works. <laughs> um, yeah, can you hear me I, at least, Rob? Yeah, I hear you. You're fine. All right. Um, pre rules matches are hit or miss with me a lot of times. Uh, I like watching them on TV more than in person because I think commentary makes a big, makes a big difference. Uh, they kind of 
start to explain the logic of everything like oh man he's not reaching for that rope because of the rope break he's not doing this because of this uh i loved this match i think shibata i think it was shibata looked really dominant for a lot of this match and he looked like the legend that he is but i also love that wheeler yuda has managed to become a really well working heel he he yeah, he's a prick. <laughs> yeah, that's thank you. You found the best word for it. Yeah, you want to slap him. Like, yes, he works in these small aggressions, these small disrespects, and you're like, I hate you, but it works. Um, and and it, it's just a nice thing that he seems to have found for himself. So I'm real happy that, you know, that's what he's become. But I, lo- I really enjoyed this match. And this might have been actually the biggest shocker of the night to me was Shibata winning. Not a chance yeah. in hell did I ever see this happening because I thought he was a one and done in ROH. But sure enough, he's our pure champion. Now, I know based on the press conference, that that's why I had some tabs up trying to follow the press conference. Press conference after, he is not signed to AWROH. He's just part of the New Japan deal. But they have forbidden door in June, so you have time to use him. Yeah. And he wants to wrestle Danielson, so there's some interesting things there. With the fact that he just beat, you know, a we member were. of, uh, yeah, a member of the BCC, which Danielson just came back to. So that's pretty interesting. Uh, what were your thoughts on the match? Surprising. The, I really thought Tanahashi or uh, Shibata was not, I mean, I, I, I don't know how, like, my thing was uh, Wheeler Yuta, with the way they were promoting BCC, I just not, I could not picture, like, them lo- him losing the title. Like, I just thought they were just doing this, like, they're making them look, like, they're putting them over, like, big. Like, they're, they're attacking, they're kind of giving them that, they're giving them that heel push, like, all three, or BCC, I mean, and we saw how Dynamite ended on Wednesday. I, I just did not picture that happening. And so that's why, like, in a way, I shouldn't have really expected Claudio to lose. It's just, it was good storytelling from from that perspective. That's why I didn't... I, I figured, my thing was, is... When I... When, when Wheeler lost, I figured Claudio was going to lose. Is what I thought was going to happen. Because, but, but if Wheeler would have won, I was like, well, they're not going to have. It, it was just one of those things where I just didn't really have an. I, I, it's. I'm kind of going back and forth on it because I, I loved, I enjoyed the match. I, I wouldn't say I loved it, but I enjoyed it. The Wheeler Yuta is one of my favorite guys to watch. Like. And it, it cracks me up. I was telling somebody earlier that I find it ironic how I know we're not talking WWE, but WWE had, WWE had the chance to sign both Wheeler Yuta and Daniel Garcia um, before before AEW. Like they they had tryouts, they were there, and they just and Anthony Bowens, yeah, and Anthony Bowens. They but just I forgot mean, to send him his contract. Yeah, so that's literally the story. They just yeah. forgot to send it to him. Yeah. Um, but it, it's just, I mean, with Wheeler, Yuta and, and 
it, it just baffles me like more than anything. Daniel Garcia, like, how did they not see this? Like, what the hell? Um, and that's probably why one of their main NXT guys is just absolutely just gone. Like when you don't like bring up contracts up because Adam Cole, Adam Cole's contracts up and crap like that. There's, there's a reason it's like, what was this guy doing? I can't, uh, what was the name? Like Cayman Seaman or something like Seaman came in. Something. Canyon. Yeah. Canyon. Yeah. There, there's a lot of semen involved. I know that, but uh, anyways, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I just, it's, it was a good match, you know. That's basically what I can say. And I mean, I, listen, I don't think anyone's ever watched a pure match and been like, "This is my favorite match on the card." Yeah, there's there's a lot there, there's just a unique flavor to him. I will say what I'm agreeing with you on is I figured if Wheeler won, well, no, I always took Wheeler you winning, but the minute he lost, I naturally in my head was like, okay, then Claudio must be losing because I just thought they're going to completely divest the BCC from ROH, just completely pull him out. Uh, and then let's just go into our next match. You have Claudio versus Eddie Kingston. And I mean, Jesus, this was a hell of a match. Hard hitting, but also technical at times. They were telling a story. I mean, Eddie brought in a chair about three minutes into the match. Uh, he, he couldn't use it, but he wanted to. Uh, this was a hell of a match. But Claudio won. And I was like, whoa. So you're keeping Claudio's. Like, it just didn't make sense. And the, the way he won was weird, too, because Eddie had a roll-up, and you thought he would win there, and then he got countered into, like, a roll-up pin, and then he lost on that. And it's like, that's how you're ending this? Yeah. Especially after the hell of the match. You know, there was one where he got, um, I forget the name of Claudio's move, where he picks you up and slams you down on your face. But he got that move performed on him, and he taps out at one. Kicks out yeah. at one. Like, it was just this awesome emotional match and it ended like that. However, I don't want that weird pin at the end to downplay how awesome this match was. Uh, were you thinking it's as awesome as I do or somewhere else? Or what do you think? No, I, I think you, I think you hit it right on the head. I mean, again, I just, I mean, what, what, what else can you say? You know? Yeah. This, the, I, they're, they have chemistry for, for apparently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, for sure. It was there. There's nothing that like that I can add to what you said. Like nothing that comes to mind, anyways. Do you think that this is? Do you think that Eddie and Claudio have a rematch? I mean, not just down the road, but soon. Yeah, I do. I think you know the. Let me. I will say this: the the finish. I did not like that with those two wrestlers. That that I mean those those two I don't I don't know what the hell happened, but that I it wasn't botched. I know that because Eddie could have got out of that. Um but and just based on time you could tell that I, I think it ended the way it was supposed to. I just didn't like the way it ended. I, I don't get it. Um just they they will face each other again because this is the story's good here. You, but I just I don't know why 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 do you just let it continue on? Like you could have let Claudio just move on from all of it and just stay in AEW if you wanted to, but I I, I don't know. 
and and I don't I don't usually I don't I like I get the point of that finish is to be like hey it wasn't really that as much as it's a clean win it's really not that decisive of a finish like Eddie was just as much in that match at that point like it wasn't a surprise knockout it wasn't a submission it was literally just an awkwardly positioned you know, pin. Can I can I curse on here? Yeah, oh yeah, I curse all the time. Okay, it's what Maggie would have said. It's a fuck finish, you know. Oh, it's one hundred percent a fuck finish. Yeah, and and I I just. Again, I, I don't understand. Like, I would have rather seen if you're going to have Eddie lose, which I don't quite understand because I'm with Kate when she talks about it on this one. You can only keep going to this well for Eddie so many times before it's run dry. He needs to win the match. Yeah, he needs he needs a big win. It's that's like uh, that's the biggest thing. It's like tomorrow if you know. Sorry. And I know, like, this is Ring of Honor, but it's also the same thing, like, with I'm looking at it with Cody Rhodes, like, going over there. Like, if he, if he doesn't win, you're, I think you're just hurting him now. Like, <laughs> there's certain wrestlers, like, after a while, you just, you can't let the crowd just get invested so long. And because otherwise, they're just not going to care soon. 100%. This was, and that's actually a great example. You have this story being told, Cody's finishing his story. Um, I do think obviously there's orders of magnitude that if Cody doesn't win, it's a it's a worse call. Yeah, but it is this is similar of like you you're telling a story and you've reached a point that seems like the logical conclusion. And I get that some fans like to swerve and they like to be whatever. I'm okay with that when, but there's also sometimes just a logical conclusion to something. And the yeah. logical conclusion here was Eddie wins. What's worse is that like. Again, I, I don't know if it's worse. Would it have been better if Eddie lost because he just got knocked out? Or, but I don't think so. I don't. I just don't see Eddie losing. It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. You know, at worst, I would have almost preferred Claudio winning, losing by disqualification and keeping yeah. the belt. But then you could have at least done that, like, you know, Eddie yeah. beat him. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, yeah. It's, and then the fact that, like, Moxley didn't come out like that would have added more drama to it. Like, I think that should have happened. Like where Moxley is kind of just like at the end of the, like he's not in the ring, but he's like at the end of it. Like, you know, kind of like how Danielson came out on Wednesday, just like he got in the ring, but just kind of do something where you just kind of add a little drama to it, you know, like something there. Like just. That's, that's uh, the odd thing. Like why, why did you have Moxley show up for you to yeah. did nothing? And then he doesn't show up for it just Yeah. Exactly. Wrestling when wrestling companies and, and, and they're not AW ROH are not immune because this is clearly an example. It's an unforced error. Yeah. You, you didn't even if you had Moxley had never been there, we wouldn't have considered it. Um, and you would have had this whole but you you open this whole can of worms that you're like, what are we doing? Yeah. So I I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a little bit. I always give every wrestling story a little bit um, of time to to quote quote unquote play out. Again, I'm not. I and I do that for all companies. I'll do it for WWE. I'll do it for anywhere. Like you get a chance to tell the story as you want to tell it, but they don't have a lot here. It's not like I'm gonna give them a long time. I, I next Thursday I expect to see the the plot. It doesn't have to be concluded, obviously, but I expect to see the plot. Like where what is your intention? Yeah. I don't get it next Thursday. I'm going to start to get annoyed. Yeah. Um, so, so that was our our super card of honor review. A nice quick one because again, it's not it's just one night and one one card. And we, uh, 
any any final thoughts on the card overall? Anything ROH related? Uh, they put on a good show. I liked it. Um, it was enjoyable. Um, it's weird. Uh, the only thing I'll just add it's uh, it's weird with no uh, Jay Briscoe. You know, watching a yeah Ring of Honor show with seeing Mark Briscoe but no Jay Briscoe. So that kind of hit home a little bit for me and seeing like that, that was a too hard, like too, I shouldn't say hard, but it was two of the parts that of the show that made me like stop and think was Jay Briscoe seeing his family. And then obviously um, seeing what happened to Dante or uh, yeah, Dante. Yeah, um, those, those two moments were, um, I hate that those two are going to stand out the most for me right now. Um, out of this one because when you talk I, I just have a feeling and I hope I'm wrong because I mean I, I love seeing Shibata win that title I, I love seeing Shibata I mean don't get me wrong it's freaking Shibata so um, knowing that I'm I'm hoping knowing that he won makes me really happy like that that I'm okay with this so I think in the long run I think the Dante thing will fade when you find out what his prognosis and when they release the full report and you're able to sit there and be like okay i know he's going to be okay and you know and, and it's right now it's still like yeah. what's what's this kid's going to suffer through and it just kind of shades the whole thing negatively i think once that gets answered you can look back at it and be like okay i saw a shibata win and shibata rules i did see a great ladder match the the kingston claudio match ended poorly but was a great match overall athena yeah. and yuka ruled um what was your favorite match of the night? I minus the ending, it would have been Kingston Claudio. Okay, it, but because I didn't like the ending, I'm gonna go Athena Yuka. How about yourself? Yeah. Um, I should have had this myself before I asked it. Um. <laughs> I really, uh, I, I, I think Athena. Uh, I, I really enjoyed. Uh, damn it! I, I really did. I really did enjoy um, Shibata Wheeler because uh, I just I love Shibata. Like it's, I just I think what did it for me was it just surprised me the way it went. So. I mean, I, I talk kind of like, eh, but like deep down, I think I like that one the most. Um, the latter match was great until obviously, but that yeah. was, that's that slid down like all the way. Um, I think that's what she like. I think if 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 I didn't know about the injury, ladder match would probably be number one on my list. Yeah, I, I would. That's the thing. That's where it was, and then it just it went from first to worst. Um, yeah. And I, I enjoyed the Kingston match until the ending. So it's just one of those things where I kind of got let down. You know, I would probably say Samoa Joe, um, Briscoe. I enjoyed it. They beat the hell out of each other, and I enjoyed it. I just I just wanted it to go the other way. But just because it just because it went the other way doesn't mean I didn't care for it. So I, I, I'm going to change my answer and say Samoa Joe and Briscoe because they beat the hell out of each other. I think it's a good thing that there's multiple matches that could fit that bill. Yeah. You know, like, it's funny. There's only one match, like, that I will not watch again. Or there's two matches that I will not watch again. 
um, like ever because they did not go the way I wanted them to. WrestleMania 12, Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels. I've only watched it once, one time and one time only. And the other one was Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart at Survivor Series 97. It just hurts too much. So, so I tend to not rewatch the WrestleMania 12 one mainly because of how long that match. <laughs> oh yeah, but, but it is one of my favorite matches and my favorite memories. Yeah, because I am so, an HPK guy. I do yeah, not that's lie. fine. I mean, nobody's. Perfect, I, I, survive, but, I don't feel the same about Survivor Series. Survivor Series is no, I don't like the, yeah. that. Like I don't like that stuff. I just yeah, I liked HPK the character. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. He's a hell of a wrestler. One of my favorite matches of all times, HBK and uh, Shelton Benjamin from Raw in, in 2005, I want to say. So one of my favorite matches yeah. of all time. Um, Went back and watched that. That was awesome. But yeah, so like, I mean, that's the thing. I can get I can get over it. It's just I can't, like, watch it, you know? So You just um, don't want to see the boyhood dream come true. Yeah, that's it. I just, Bret Hart is my guy, and I'm not, I don't shy away from it, so. I don't blame you. But, yeah. right, well, so uh, that was our ROH Supercard of Honor post show, our review. Rob, why don't you tell all these good people what you do when you're when you're not reviewing shows or not reviewing shows here, I should say. Yeah. Well, first off, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, you can follow me at Rob Wilkins on Twitter. Otherwise, I am on Instagram at Fight for Rob. Every Friday at three o'clock Eastern, I do a show called Coexisting with Rob and Maggie on Fightful Overbooked. We have a great time. Um, we talk pretty much all the news that's gone over the past week and we review like all the shows too as quickly as we can. Um, and about at five o'clock Eastern, we have another show that comes on at, on Fightful Select. It's called coexisting after dark. And basically what we do is we interview um, people that are in wrestling media. Ryan, you've been on it. Uh, Kate's been on it. And it's basically it's not all wrestling, really. It's mainly not wrestling at all. Lately, it's been because it's just it's the way it is. But um, it's an exciting time of the year for wrestling. Yeah, so it's mania. Uh, um, but yeah, it's, it's we just ask random questions to learn more about people. Um, but also, I'm on Fightful.com. I do a lot of things there. I I help produce uh, the Wrestling Perspective podcast that's hosted by Dennis Farrell and Lars Fredrickson of the band Rancid. So I do a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff for that. Um, so, and I just kind of help with a lot of podcast stuff on Fightful.com. So I do some stuff behind the scenes that, um, you don't really get to see, but I'm on Fightful. So make sure you follow us at Fightful. All right. I think I, everyone, you can follow me at Mark Order Pod. You know, if you're here, you know who we are with the Mark Order Podcast every Wednesday at 10 15 and sometimes special episodes like this. I normally, I am not hosting. There is a, and hosting or Kate if she's around, but Kate big timed us tonight and decided to switch with Rob and she went over to Fightful uh, and and decided to do it. So, but I appreciate everyone for listening and we're, we're, we'll see you. Uh... And I did that wrong again.
This concludes the Mark Order Podcast. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Join the Mark Order.